Welcome to the Adventist Church of the Woodlands podcast, where you will find sermons, devotional thoughts, and current event conversations, all based on a biblical worldview. Good morning and Sabbath blessings. It's a privilege to be with you today. About today, I would bring some thoughts from the Psalms to you. And, uh, the 91st Psalm, I believe, has special relevance for us at this time. The 91st Psalm. One of my earliest memories was of a time when I was very young. I was standing out on the sidewalk on a sunny day in Oakland, California, out in front of my house, and I was loudly announcing to the whole neighborhood some very good news. I was saying, the war is over, the war is over, the war is over! And, and I, I don't remember a large crowd gathering, but I, I did make sure that as many people as I could would hear me. I was four years old, and I was the youngest of five children, and my two oldest brothers were in the war. My brother Bob was in the Army, and my brother Glenn was in the Navy. And they did not get desk jobs. You know, I hear about people that have been in the military service and never really saw any action or anything like that. But do you know... There were people shooting at them. And they were trying to kill them. And they were in the thick of it. My brother Bob, well, between the two of them, they came up with three Purple Hearts. And uh, my brother uh, Bob received the uh, Bronze Star for heroism. He saved the, the captain of his unit, carried him through an enemy fire back to the aid station. But... Uh, and when he came home from the war, some months later, he had Japanese shrapnel in him still, and he had malaria. You know how much you know about malaria, but he'd sit in the chair. And Bob was this effervescent life of the party kind of a guy, joking everybody like Bob. But he was sitting there very blown and sweating and going through chills. And he wasn't himself for a while, but eventually he came back to be himself again. But... During this time, um, we had heard that they were still alive last word. And now, it was August 2, 1945, and my brothers were finally coming home. My family, my wife, I mean my mother in particular, she was uh, doing a lot of praying for her sons. And God heard those prayers, and they came home. Psalms in all the Bible is Psalm 91. And in that psalm, uh, it has special relevance, especially for people in the military during times of war when they're in a lot of danger in that area. I remember hearing the story of an army lieutenant. He wrote home to his sister and told of his experience. He said uh, he, he was sent behind enemy lines on a secret mission, a very important mission. He and his buddy were out there just off their own behind him with the enemy in different places around him. 
Suddenly the enemy by accident discovered him and they came up to him and he said, uh, just before the enemy shot him in the chest, um, he said, he could just get these words out, Lord, it's up to you now. He just put himself in the hands of God because he knew he was vastly outnumbered and they were coming for him. He, he knew unless something uh, from God happens here, I'm dead. And sure enough, he no more than got the words out, Lord, it's up to you now. When he was shot almost point blank in the chest, the impact of the bullet knocked him backwards flat on the ground. And at that point, his buddy showed up and thinking he was dead, grabbed his gun from him and with both guns began to blaze at the enemy soldiers. And that other man took out the entire unit. There was one enemy soldier left. So he's, he's laying there thinking I'm going to die any minute here, but then he, he feels up to his chest where he got hit, expecting to find a lot of blood in the big wound. Instead, he felt a pocket Bible. And he had a Bible in his pocket over his heart. Oh, they intended to shoot him in the heart, but they hit the Bible instead. Uh, and so he wrote in his letter to his sister, he said, later when we were in a safer place, I took that Bible out of my pocket. And there was a big, ugly hole in the Bible and covered. And he said, I opened the Bible and the bullet had penetrated into the Bible some distance. He said it went through Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and so on through the New Testament. And he's carefully opening the pages to see how far this bullet had penetrated. He says, and I got to a particular book. Can you guess what book that was? Psalm. And then he, he opened it more carefully and he found out it stopped at Psalm 91. This song that we're going to be looking at today. And, um, so, uh, as he as he looked more carefully, the bullet, the point of the bullet, had stopped at a particular verse, and this is the verse it stopped at. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of you. It stopped pointing at verse 7. And he knew people had been praying And I, I turned myself over to the Lord, and this is how this turned out. He came home in one piece. Uh, so it's an inspiring story. It moved me when I heard it, and I wanted to share it with you. So, Psalm 91 is really um, a very special gift to God's people, especially in times of perils, filled with encouraging, inspiring promises of God. And so, I invite you this time, if you have your Bibles or your devices here, to open them and look at Psalm 91 with me. We're going to go through some of these verses together. And, uh, and see what we can learn from what God has to say to us today in Psalm 91. Verses 1 and 2. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow 
of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Amen. God wants us to learn to trust in Him. And so, it mentions here in this verse, it, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. The Most High, God. Our God isn't what God's at the world worships. He's the Most High God. He has all power in all the universe. And we can trust in Him. He is well able to keep His promises. And He's the Most High God, our high authority. And what shall we do, it says in this verse? We shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. To abide is, a, the Bible, that word is used a lot. To abide is to dwell, is to remain, is to continue, is to stay with God. It's easy, you know, in the morning to have your morning prayers and read your devotional and then go on your way and forget about God until the end of the day or something. But God says, don't do that. Take me with you through the day. I'll come with you if you, if you allow me and, and invite me. We need to, to learn to practice the presence of God throughout the day and uh, continually be lifting up our hearts to Him. And then, if we do that, we will be abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. Is that a good place to be? I do believe so. Under the shadow of the Almighty. Um, <clears throat> It says, I will say, verse 2, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him, I will trust. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. And so as we speak the words of God out loud, we reinforce them and we strengthen our faith as well as those around us. And you know, God, God's word, as He spoke it, had power. And as we repeat it, it's help, continues to have power in life. You know, everyone here, this world that we are on, this universe, this solar system, all of that came about because God spoke. It says God's spoken word has the power to bring forth all of these marvelous things. And it still has power in our lives. And so we should say, I will say, I will speak out God's words in my life. Um, our words are important how we use them. The 12 spies, um, they, uh, do you remember the, the, the story of the 12 spies, how they were sent out to spy out the land and God was getting ready to send them in there. And this wasn't 40 years after the Exodus. This was a relatively short time after the Exodus. God was getting them ready to take them into the promised land. But the 12 spies came back and 10 of them, what kind of report did they have? Oh, it was a negative, a bad report. And it says, the people, they said, those people are too strong. They have four to five cities. You should see the walls on those cities. We can never conquer them. And they're giants in the land. And we, they look at us like we're grasshoppers. There's no hope, there's no chance. God, why did you put us in this position? Oh, we're in just terrible shape. 
no faith, complaining and murmuring. Did the Lord like complaining and murmuring? Does he like it today? I don't think so either. In Numbers 14 it says, So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. The people wept that night. All the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And so um, they continued their complaints. The whole congregation said, If only we died in Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by this sword? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Is that faith? The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron that they went too far this time. And he said, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I never heard their complaints. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken, so I will do to you. Is this an example of speaking things that you don't want to come to pass? The power of speaking out loud is going against them in this case. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness, your entire number, from 20 years old and above. So he's saying to them, uh, so that's what you want. That's what you'll get. Be careful what you want. So the Lord um, gave them what they wanted. They all, all those complaining people in that generation, 20 years ago, died in the wilderness. Their bodies were buried in the desert. They never made it to the promised land. But I don't think they made it, are going to make it to the real promised land. Sad. It's a positive duty to resist melancholy and discontented thoughts. How can we go as a band of mourners, groaning, complaining all along the way to our Father's house? This is a statement from Ministry of Healing, page 251. There's a law of nature that thoughts and feelings are encouraged and strengthened as we give them utterance. Careful what you say. If we would give more expression to our faith, rejoice more in blessings, we know we have the great mercy and love of God, we should have more faith and greater joy. You can speak hope, you can speak faith, you can speak love instead of these negative things. We are to educate our hearts and lips to speak praise and educate our souls to be hopeful. Do not talk of your lack of faith or your sorrow sufferings when taking on gloomy subjects who glorify Satan. We are not to dwell on the great power of Satan to overcome us. Talk instead of the great power of God. Tell of the matchless power of Christ as he speaks of his glory. Notice again, verse 2 says, I will say. What the Lord declares, he says it out loud. He says out loud, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. <clears throat> the uh, illustration comes to us of uh, Dunkirk. How many have heard of the story of Dunkirk? A few of you have. Dunkirk is a broad area of large beaches on the north uh, northwest coast of France, right on the English Channel. 
And in 1940, uh, England and other Allied troops had been fighting with the German army, and the German army was so larger and better prepared than they were. They got pushed. They had to uh, go into full retreat. They, they left their tanks and their artillery and all kinds of equipment and things. All they had were their handguns and their, and their rifles. And they were out on the beach waiting to be rescued before they got annihilated or captured. And they were about, as I, as I remember uh, reading this story, well, uh, uh, don't let me get ahead of this. First of all, I want to tell you the story of a particular unit that were out there. An arm, a, a unit of British soldiers, about 400 soldiers, that had a chaplain with them. And they're out on a the beach. There's no cover. They're totally exposed. When the enemy's coming for you, what do you try to do? You get entrenched, you get high, you get in, in, in hiding in places where you're not open to fire. There are all these soldiers out here, and the German Luftwaffe, the Air Force, is coming over in waves of planes, and they are bombing the beaches, and they're especially, they said this unit, he counted 60 planes that were coming in one after another after another in this unit of 400 soldiers, strafing them with this heavy machine gun fire. And what, what would be the result of that? There wouldn't be anybody left, hardly, would there? 400 soldiers in this particular unit being strafed and bombed, but not one single man was hit. Those men had been taught by their chaplain the 91st Psalm. And so they were saying, they were saying it. in fact, they were not just saying it, they were shouting it out loud in the din of the battle. They were shouting out the 91st Psalm. And of those 400 men, not one of them was hit. Uh, the chaplain got up at one point, which is not what you normally do. You're laying flat on the ground trying to make as low a profile as you can. He said, I got up and I looked at the spot where I was laying. And he said, the whole beach around us was filled with pockmarks of the, of the shrapnel from the bombs and the machine gun fire. But he said, I saw the outline of my body there on flat, clear sand. The Lord was hailed. Apparently, all those bombs and shrapnel and, and bullets that were flying all through the air were being guided all around his silhouette of his body, but he was not yet. And not one of that 400 men was uh, injured or hit by that because they were shouting out and saying the, the 91st song. There's awesome power in saying God's word back to him, declaring our trust to dwell in the right place to speak God's promises. Uh, verses 3 and 4, we look at it in our passage here. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. That last, go back to that last slide. Do uh, you see that bird there? What's, what's under its wings? <clears throat> the baby birds are being sheltered on their It's a it's such a beautiful picture. I, I can't remember if Gloria found that or I did, but we, we both said, Oh, that kid's pretty. And you know that's what God does for us if we if we come to him and claim his word and we trust in him, we can put ourselves under the shelter of his man. Isn't that beautiful? Let's learn to do more of that. 
and it talks about the fowler who's the trap who tries to set traps for us. Do we have an enemy trying to set traps for us? Yes, we do. And then it says about, uh, in the, let me see here. Verse 6 says, uh, says, You shall not be afraid of the, of the terror by night, nor of the arrows that flies by day. Verse 6, Nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at midday. Pestilence. Uh, have we had any issues with that recently? Is this relevant to our situation? COVID, what it's done all over the world was a pestilence. And God has taken us through, so many of us, and yes, we've lost more of this world. But God is saying, I can deal with pestilence. Um, <clears throat> under his wings, under the sheltering wings of God, we think. Let's look at verses 5 and 6. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Don't be afraid, he says. Do you know, uh, I've seen this theme in so many places in the Bible where it says, fear not, don't be afraid, be not dismayed, and other terms like that. I, I heard once uh, someone that I believe was a good Bible scholar say, that is the most common command from God in the entire Bible. More than any other command or any other uh, thing that God says to us, more than anything else, he says, fear not, don't be afraid, I will be with you, I will take you through this. Fear not. <coughs> Does God want his children fearful? No, he does not. And when we're fearful, we need to come to God, come under his sheltering wings, trust in him, and he'll bring us through. And God's protection brings us through the whole day. Uh, the terror by night, the arrow flies by day, the destruction of the day. He's with us all through the day. Almighty God is able to deliver us from all of those things. Verses 7 and 8. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. The, uh, the military, again, I want to come back to Dunkirk. Uh, and there were 350,000 British and Allied troops trapped on that beach. And if they had been captured or destroyed by the German army, that would have been an immense tragedy. England was the one country in Europe that had any strength to resist the Germans. Everybody else was being blown over. France didn't last long in their resistance, and other countries. Uh, one country after another was being conquered and occupied by the, the German army as it advanced throughout Europe. But they weren't able to get to England uh, because of the, first because of the, uh, the uh, English Channel. There was a, a water there, 25, 30 miles of water there. And you could see from Dunkirk on a clear day, they say you could see the cliffs of Dover across the town. But here's 350,000 soldiers. And this is, as I recall, it was in um, 
1940. Uh, I think it was around April, May of that year. And they were there on that beach for nine or ten days. Why didn't the Germans uh, come in, destroy them, wipe them out? They were trying to do that. Why didn't they capture them, take them all in as prisoners of war, as a bargaining chip to deal with England? I could have done that. Um, but God somehow intervened. The German high command and uh, their, their, their Fuhrer, who thought he was a great general, was giving them other orders at the time. It's like the Lord distracted them for nine or ten days. And during that time, Operation, what was it, Operation? Uh, it, there was a name for that, um, where Winston Churchill uh, set in motion an operation where they sent as many ships and even civilian boats were coming across the channel and picking up the soldiers in the surf and taking them back out of there. They got the whole army just about out of there, 350,000 troops, to fight for another day to defend their countries. Um, that was an intervening, intervening power of God in that situation. <clears throat> Verses 9 and 10. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Amen. That is God's power to work in the lives of those. Now, does this apply to just anybody in that point? No. What were the qualifications for that? Those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. What is that secret place? That's a special place. That's a place where people learn to not just have a a short little prayer and go out anyway. That's a place where they come, they dwell, they get to know God in a personal, intimate way. Dwelling in the secret place. Those are the people this, these promises apply to. They can apply to all of us if we will meet those, those uh, bargains. Um, there's a story that I'd like to share with you. How many of you here have ever heard of Cedric, Texas? Sea Drift, Texas. One of you have. Good for you. Is it a big town? No. But it's a little tiny place. That's good. During the war, Sea Drift, Texas, I, I don't think they had more than 1,300, 1,500 population at the time. They had an unusually large number of soldiers, uh, of young men from that town that were in the military armed forces at various services. A very high proportion. And in towns all over the world, in countries that were fighting this war, there were a lot of grieving families, the, uh, grieving parents and, and wives and sisters and people that were grieving the loss because there were lots of losses during the war. But in Cedric, Texas, they decided to do something special. The, the people of that town who had loved ones in the military, they came together at one of the central churches there. I looked it up on the map and we found at least six churches there today at Sea Drift. Sea Drift is about two-thirds of the way down the coast between Galveston and Corpus Christi, going down southwest there. It's about two-thirds of the way down. Sea Drift, Texas. Anyway, uh, they came together at this church and they brought pictures of their loved ones that were in the military. And they put them up on a big bulletin board. They gathered around that bulletin board each day. They, every day they read the 91st Psalm and claimed its promises over their loved ones. 
and prayed together in a united way. They did it every single day of the war until the war was over. And um, there were many men, as I say, that were serving in different branches, husbands, sons, grandsons, so forth. And so as, as they prayed day by day, they were getting letters back from their loved ones in the military, from the soldiers, saying, we've had some amazing experiences we can't explain. It's like, God's been giving us special protection. He's doing special things for us. They're being covered in that prayer. He's claiming the 91st Psalm. And so, at the end of the war, every single one of those soldiers, I don't remember how many there were, there were quite a few, every single one of them came home alive. Not one of them was lost. Now this was unusual because other towns weren't having that experience. Is the 91st Psalm something we need to take seriously and claim for ourselves and our loved ones? God did a great work for them. It has sometimes been called the soldier's prayer. <clears throat> when a person prays for others, they can bring an entire family under the shield of God's protective promises. Let's look at verses 11 and 12. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. That is another promise from God. Give his angels charge over you. God has a lot of angels. And angels have special abilities that we don't have. They can do things for us that are amazing. And God has his armies of angels waiting and ready for people to claim his promises and, and by faith trust in him. Talks about um, um, the, the fact that God is able to do wonderful things here. <clears throat> Verses 14 to 16. 14. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. Thou God is I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. God is responding to the things that have been said before in this passage and he's saying, because this person has set his or her love upon me. Uh, the binding power of love, love always requires presence, closeness, nearness, doesn't it? So that's the experience we need with God, to have these experiences with him. And then there are promises that follow. What are these promises? It says, I'll deliver him. I'll set him on high. Uh, I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Who's making these promises? The Almighty, the Most High. 
He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. The highest being in the universe is saying, I back this up. I am able to do what I have promised. The most powerful being of all, the Almighty, says, I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. Our God is a personal God who loves and cares for His own. And this God is well able to care for His children today. Let us learn to trust God more, to dwell in the presence of the Almighty, and to say His words in faith and trust Amen. Him. Thank you for listening to the Adventist Church of the Woodlands podcast. You can find us at woodlandsadventist.org and you can visit us anytime. You're more than welcome. God bless you and have a great day.